Welcome to the Science and Magic Podcast, where we dive deeply into conversations related to science, magic, and everything in between. I'm your host, Amanda Levesque, and I believe that life can be delicious. When we set aside time to connect with and understand our brilliant human bodies and the natural world around us, we feel more nourished, satiated, and in awe. Life is mysterious, and so are we. Let's talk about it. Hello, Science and Magic listeners. I am so excited to host my soul friend, colleague, and fellow neuroscience geek, Sophia Bowens, for this episode. Sophia and I met freshman year of college and spent the next four years together completing our undergrad in neuroscience. We've spent countless hours studying for exams, completing research projects in the lab, and diving into really heart-widening conversations about the mystery and the magic of the human body. We've been geeking out about the nervous system for literally over a decade at this point, and this conversation that we're about to have is very natural to us. After college, Sophia went on to become a licensed acupuncturist, and one of the things that I love so much about her work is that she's able to eloquently weave her incredible understanding of the nervous system into her acupuncture practice. I've actually been a client of hers for years, and I've always taken away so much from our sessions together because She not only treats me with needles, but she offers holistic advice from the lens and wisdom of Chinese medicine. I'm honestly always amazed that when I pay attention to the constitution of my body and simultaneously recognize the current season we're in and acknowledge it, I can make decisions about my diet, my activity, my routine in such a way that evokes harmony in my everyday life. And Sophia helps me do this. She contributes seasonal living classes on the Science and Magic Portal every month to help members do this as well. And I love these classes. They're one of the favorite classes of members. They're very popular. Another interesting thing about Sophia is that she was involved in a near-fatal car accident several years ago where a drunk driver sped through a stop sign at 50 miles per hour in her neighborhood, crashed into her car, and it crashed through a retaining wall and into a house. And this person fled the scene. Sophia had to be pulled out of her car with a special piece of equipment called the Jaws of Life and then rushed to the nearest hospital with a severe concussion, fractured skull, bleeding in the brain, a broken leg, and a broken jaw. As one of her close friends, I will never forget that night. And her recovery has been nothing short of miraculous. 
She talks about this a bit later on in the show. Sophia has been an angel in many people's lives. She is a mother of three, a healer, a teacher, and a beloved friend. She has a very soothing presence and way of speaking. I hope you find nourishment from our conversation. Hello, Science and Magic podcast listeners. Welcome to this episode with Sophia Bowens. Sophia is a dear friend and colleague of mine for many years, and I feel so excited to have her on the show. She is a acupuncturist as well as a neuroscientist and really combines these modalities and fuses them in a way that so emulates the energy of science and magic. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you, Sophia, and dive deeper into some of these concepts in a really fluid and intuitive way. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. This makes me so excited to dive into some of these things and have this conversation with you. I am grateful to be here. So we studied neuroscience together in college and mm-hmm. have many fun memories and experiences studying and chemistry and biology. What what initially drew you to the study of neuroscience in mm-hmm. a way you know, was it intuition? Was it a program? Was it a desire to reach a particular career? What, what I often get asked that question, like why neuroscience? I think neuroscience is amazing. The brain has always fascinated me. The nervous system is fascinated to me. It's this like cellular expression of ourselves and a material taking in of the outside world that influences. It's just so, it's such a cool thing that it's always fascinated me as this like undiscovered frontier and mysterious vessel that is a part of us that is also conscious of itself, which is crazy. Yeah. So I just, I have always had a fascination with neuroscience and a fascination with how we engage with the world. And the study of nervous of the nervous system has allowed me to understand how we interpret the outside world and how we express ourselves in the world because the nervous system is that translating vessel. It and is. it just amazes me. <laughs> so a fascination with yes. it that I stumbled into in undergraduate and have just kept with ever since. Life experience has kept me involved and fascinated. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know, and the more I get interested. That's it. That's it. The more I learn, the more I don't know. I feel that too. And I think you and I share this love of the human body Mm -hmm. and the sense that the body is a galaxy in and of itself, and that we will spend the rest of our lives just trying to chip away at understanding that galaxy and helping the nervous system be approachable towards a wider audience. So it's not just narrowed into the field of science and only scientists can understand. So how do you work with the nervous system in your practice and your acupuncture practice? Like how does that show up for you or how might you educate 
your clients, and it may not be this like direct, I'm teaching you about neurons, but how do you help them embody their nervous system, both through education and then through, through needles? Mm. Once you see the world through a neurological lens, it's hard not to see it that way. And so the nervous system is fascinating in this way in that it explains kind of why and how things fall into patterns in some people or in others not. When you Mm -hmm. learn the connectedness of all these places in our nervous system and how they fire into each other and how they help influence the firing of each other, Mm -hmm. everything just makes Mm -hmm. sense in a different way. And helping people connect those dots for what's going on with them, whether it's stress or insomnia or hormonal changes that are or are not happening or pain that's coming on that doesn't seem to go away or responds to certain things Mm. others. The lens of the nervous system helps for me pull it all together and help people understand what influences their experience so that they can feel better able to shift it. Once you, I found this is an amazing thing with the nervous system. Once you find what the real driver is, it's such a sensitive system that oftentimes it doesn't take much. Not always, sometimes it does, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes it doesn't take much to shift things when you get the right thing. So that's been mm-hmm. fun to help people kind of uncover that. You have this like aha moment that clicks for them. And then you see things change. And it's amazing. A lot of what you bring into your practice and also the classes that you share in the Science and Magic Portal, which is my membership program, is seasonal living advice and how to sync the system with the seasons. And ultimately, as you said, this is to help everyone and ourselves feel better. <laughs> that's the whole, that's, that's the idea, right? How can we feel better in our bodies? Will you explain for our listeners what you mean by seasonal living? How might that show up from the lens of traditional Chinese medicine as it plays a role in the nervous system? It's mm. a big question. I'll start yeah. with the nervous system perspective because I think our listeners are going to be more in touch with that. And I'm going to deep dive into the Chinese medicine part of that. Beautiful. So our nervous system, let's talk about first what it is. It's our brain, our spinal cord. It's these nerves, these cells, right? But what is its purpose? Mm -hmm. Its purpose down to the most simple definition is to take sensory information in so that we can create Mm -hmm. a motor response out. Mm-hmm. Every process in our body is to, for our nervous system, is to take in information about the world around us so that we can engage with it. Yes. Chinese medicine is a practice, a science of medicine that developed between 2,000 to 5,000 years ago. It's this ancient wisdom that these humans recorded and we're in touch with nature in a way that we have long removed ourselves from in the modern day and age. They understood how that sensory experience of the world around us 
could influence Mm -hmm. our body operation and how we engage with the world in a different way. So it's kind of two sides to the same coin. One is very cellular and mechanism. We talk about these connections in our nervous system and our brain and how they fire into each other. The cellular expression that the Chinese paradigm or the East Asian humans who developed this medicine had no idea about any of that. But they did know these bigger things, these influences of how the light cycles shifted or different temperatures, different climates, dry air, mountain air, different seasons had these predictable patterns to them about what would or would not happen in our bodies and our brains, how our emotions would change, not our brains didn't know about the brain, but how our experience would shift with them and then how to harmonize with that. So I just see it as like different ways of talking about the same thing, right? Influencing how we're experiencing the world so that we can engage with it better. That's so beautiful because we often think we're separate from nature, like, but really we are like quite literally our body is made up of nature. Like I like to refer to these bodies as like our clay bodies. It's a very, um, in my Celtic studies, my Irish studies, it's like, I hear like our clay bodies. And when we think of the seasonal shifts and what summer might feel like to winter and how the light cycles influence our bodies, it just makes intuitive sense. Mm -hmm. But then we're almost so disconnected from it in our society that it's like, well, what does that look like? Like, what does it look Mm -hmm. like to live with the seasons? And this is really what you offer people in a tangible way that's not just information, but like a take home. Hmm. So for giving giving our listeners an example of what, you know, what the energy of the winter season might be in comparison with the summer, like what emotions might someone feel in the winter versus in the summer and how might those emotions be expressed in a natural way out into their lives? I live in the Midwest of Northern America, right? Uh, Minnesota. We experience extremes mm-hmm. of all the seasons. So I think living in extreme conditions help me, helps me like understand what that means. But I, I wonder if generally winter, we have shorter light cycles. We have a better, it's colder outside. So we want to do more things indoors. The life moves different. In Chinese medicine, we talk about this is a time of yin. It's heavier. It's more about nourishing and rebuilding. It's like an inward drawing time. I think winter is just, we, we can say like cozier, right? But what does that really mean? It means we're, we're usually more introspective. We're working in our inner world, whether that be like deep relationships that feed us or just like spending more time with books or working on things. Sometimes we can have a sense of things aren't, aren't as abundant in our environment. In the winter here, we have a lot of snow and you just, it's colder, it's white, it's, there's beauty in it, but it's just so different than the lush green summer. So fear tends to be more accessible because there's a scarcity or this like cold, crisp, dry inward. And Chinese mm. medicine, that's like the essence of the water. It's still, it's colder. 
there's more drawing inward so we can have like a lot of fear come up where I think about the opposite mm-hmm. of summer, especially in my environment where it's like green and bright and sunny and bright out till 10 o'clock, not getting dark at 4.30. There seems to be this like excess of joy and brightness and abounding resources. You walk out to the garden, there's like lettuce and green beans and everything's growing. It's such a different feel mm-hmm. that when you when you really like feel into that, we have a lot more joy accessible, a lot more like energy accessible. We can work later into the night and not feel as drawn to being super tired or sluggish. And that's okay to like ride with that. So that might be one of the things seasonally that I would kind of unpack or connect for people is like, why does this happen? And how do we like live differently in the summer consciously? than we do in the winter and are okay with that like change of season it doesn't mean it's going to be like this forever but how can we ride that wave and tide and lean into it oh i love that and that's one big thing that i learned from you um, especially experiencing winter in a super cold climate often in our modern day society we don't allow for shifts of being according to the season so Mm. i'm like a week is like a week. A week in the winter is experienced like a week in the summer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, I tend to naturally want to sleep more. I don't want to socialize as more. I do feel more sluggish. And once I realize that that may be my body's intuitive intelligence and that I allowed myself to just bask in that and let myself experience it and not resist feeling these feelings of leth- like lethargy, then it creates more ease. Once we understand mm. the general environment by which we live in which our body, which synced to nature is living mm. and operating, it helps us surrender more to that energy. And so thank you so much for sharing that wisdom with mm. our listeners and with the Science and Magic members. It's so fruitful. Well, it's an honor for me. I think when we navigate that with wisdom, that these changes of being or things Mm -hmm. aren't scary or right or wrong or good or bad. Mm. I mean, there's times when they can be pathological. You can have like too much sleeping and that can be a problem. But if the time is right and the season is right, like there's a season for everything, right? Like it's not bad that you feel tired. If you have conscious awareness of you're feeling more tired and that might mean mm. to put things in your your life that can provide you more rest. Yeah. This is how and what you might want to do to support that. So you're not feeling overwhelmed by that tired or like fighting that fatigue, but leaning into it with ease. It changes kind of how you navigate the world. And conversely, then in the summer, when you have all this energy and you're not feeling tired, you know, like how to protect that still. Like I, I might feel like I have a bounding energy, but I might need to protect the rest still and find some space for it, but not as much mm-hmm. as I do. So let's relate to that. Yes. Let's think about that. So that instead of being blindsided in the winter thinking, why don't I feel like Ember in July, I was feeling so full of energy and now I'm not like, what's wrong? Huh. <laughs> you can ask yourself like, yes. say, you know, it's natural that I don't feel as energetic and that's okay. But here are things I can do to make sure I'm still supporting myself so I can show up next summer and have the energy back and ride with it. Maybe bring it with me into this winter next year. 
It just mm, it's fun. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. It is. And it, it releases some of this guilt of like, I shouldn't mm. be feeling these ways or fear is coming up right now. Well, if I understand that fear might be a natural part of a season and like, okay, I see that fear is here and we can experience these emotions all throughout the year, but there may be more of a flavor of it during particular seasons. And just knowing that helps me mm-hmm. embrace it more. And I've heard that it helps members embrace it more. There are these things that these themes that go in our in our rhythms that like, hey, it makes sense that coming out of winter and into summer, we feel angsty because we want to get moving. We want to like be in that sunshine again. Or in the fall, we're coming from this time of great abundance and we know what we're going towards. We're going toward this like dark, cold time. Like we might feel more like mourning that, you know, like it can be different for everyone, but this might be coming up more. But like, let's think about that. Let's pay attention to it and notice it. Anyway, I love it. it. Yeah. It's so good. I love it too. I want to pivot and kind of dive into this really big life experience that I witnessed you going through as a dear friend when you you had a car accident and you have recovered and are recovering from a traumatic brain injury. So I wonder if you might share, you know, what that car accident looked like, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing, and then what you really learned about the body and your nervous system and recovery as you began to recover. It's a remarkable story. And I'm so grateful that you have recovered and are recovering from it. Me too. And to, for listeners who don't know the story, in 2015, I was riding, I was driving home from work in Minneapolis where I live. And I was driving um, in St. Paul. I had come off the freeway onto just like a back or main road. Heading to my home, I was about a mile and a half from my house. And someone blew through a stop sign that came up to the main road. I was about to get to a stoplight. So all the roads that come up to this road were back streets. And I was driving down the main road going 30 miles an hour. And someone blew through the stop sign that crossed the cross street going 65 miles an hour and T-boned me, basically hit me directly. You can't get more direct. And they didn't hit their brakes. Um, my car, I don't remember any of it. I was, I didn't even, they saved a neighbor. So a neighbor's like security camera caught the footage so they could see this and measure all of the timing and speed. Um, and I'm so grateful that that neighbor shared that footage because it helped a lot find this person who hit me. I went over a curb, over a driveway, over kind of like this hill of a retaining wall hit a parked car and then stopped because I hit a house. And the person who hit me drove off. Like they had, there was two or three other people in the car with them. Actually, I don't even think they drove up. I think they got out of the car and ran away because there's video footage of them like walking <laughs> away from this car mm-hmm. and just left the scene. A neighbor had come was walking and saw this really weird scene of this car smashed up against this house and came to see me. I so I don't know what that person's experience like was like seeing this person stumbling upon this person in a car unconscious mangled and she called 911. Mm. They had to saw the car open, saw it in half to mm. get me out because it was so smashed up. 
Mm-hmm. I was transported to Regions Hospital, which was a level one trauma intensive center a mile away from where this accident happened. I just am so grateful for like the circumstances under which this happened because I was, they were able to get this like jaws of life contraption that needs to saw cars open. It was available. Sometimes you have to wait hours for that thing and it was like available and not too far away. Then they were able to bring me like a mile away to a level one trauma center and like bring me in to support me and get me doing all this, like just get me on basic life support to figure out what had happened. And six days later, I woke up from a coma and I didn't know what time it was, who the president was, where I was or how I'd gotten there. And I remember they were saying to me like, well, the reason you don't know those things is you've had a severe diffuse axonal traumatic brain injury. And what that is, is I stopped them there. I was like, I know what that means. <laughs> and like, what? Yeah. Yeah. You do? And I was like, yeah, I have a, my undergraduate degree is in neuroscience. I know exactly what that means. Mm. And it makes perfect sense what's happening, right? Like why, why I don't know any of this stuff. Like this is weird. I woke up on the inside of a journey I'd studied for eight years at this point. <laughs> so yeah. it was a bizarre thing. And that accident recovery from a brain injury is unlike anything you can, ex- you can learn about it in books and you can watch about it in movies, but it, every single brain, every single nervous system is unique to that person, that individual. And it will yes. respond differently. And based on your health or your age or your genetics or what you eat, what you don't eat, like those things all influence how it operates and how it's healthy, which influences how healthy you are and how you operate, right? So my recovery, I knew that in the midst of it, and I knew how to optimize it because I had gotten out of grad school. I was really healthy. It's just been a journey learning, like all these things I studied in textbooks, like applying them <laughs> to heal my own nervous system and having amazing support from family, friends, my husband. It was just so much that it's been a journey and it's helped me. Yes have passion for it in a whole new way, a revival. Yeah. I remember you going through that and like, I was amazed by the amount of gratitude that you fostered every day, despite your conditions. You really had this sense of, and I don't know if this might be because you experienced, you were on this precipice of death, but you had this gratitude for being alive. And I remember being so amazed by that gratitude. And I don't know if you maybe could speak to that, if that felt natural to you or if that was something you consciously focused on every day or what that energy was like as you were in recovery, being grateful. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's a yes and. It's all those things you mentioned. Yeah. My, I was raised, my mom taught me to be really optimistic so I think that's just kind of my mm-hmm. default. Like, well, let's just figure this out. Be optimistic about it. Make do with what we have. Mm-hmm. And I understood the nervous system to be really powerful and able to do amazing things. Yes. And I knew that mine wasn't any different. Mm. And it was Dr. Pritchard, my advisor from undergraduate, my neuroscience program, who reached out to me and said, I believe in the power of sleep. She was a sleep researcher. I believe she in the is, yes. of neuroplasticity. 
and I believe in the power of gratitude. Wow. And that stuck with me so much throughout my recovery. So grateful for those things. Like I did prioritize my sleep. I knew that was important for my brain to heal and to regenerate and do all the work it was doing. I knew it was amazingly able to be plastic and grow and change and how it was right now wasn't was how wasn't how it was gonna be forever. And that mm. by focusing on what to be grateful for, I was gonna get further than if I pro- focused on what wasn't working or how things could be better. And coming from an experience where like I I had a moment where I chose or I was given the choice to come back or to not come back. And I really Mm. felt like I'd made that choice and I was going to be grateful for like that opportunity and focus on what was working. Wow. That is so beautiful. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. If you, let's say... Okay, so anyone who has experienced traumatic brain injury, or if you were as your future self to share something with yourself in the early stages of recovery, like what what would you share? If you have advice, would you give advice? Would you give guidance? Would you, you know, encourage, mm. say words of encouragement of any kind, or I wish I would have known this? I think I was really lucky because I didn't know a lot of things. I wish, I don't think you can, everyone's traumatic brain injury experience or experience of their nervous system being injured in any way is different. Two people can have the exact same injury and have very different outcomes. That's okay that your experience might be different than other people's. Mm. Let it be what it is. And... If you don't trust it's going to be okay or get better, work with someone and surround yourself with people who will remind you that it can. Read Norman Mm. Deutsch's The Brain That Changes Itself or watch the documentary 10,000 Needles. I mean, just do things that inspire you to know that the nervous system is amazing and that just because someone tells you their limitation with it doesn't mean it's everyone's limitation with it work with people who believe in that power and can help you be realistic but always have hope to be pushing that edge because that is what is what you need and throughout everything be gentle with yourself Mm. you want to wake up yesterday better right like you this whole journey is really hard and there's going to be times and ways it comes up on you that you have this injury or this thing that feels limiting and hard and unfair and it is Mm -hmm. but finding ways to let that be okay maybe you don't have to say like i like this but you say i accept this as a reality for right now and I'm going to work to influence it to shift. Oh, goosebumps everywhere. There's so much wisdom and what you had to share there that can be extended even beyond having a brain injury Mm. because, you know, with the body remembering how brilliant 
the system is. And we, when we believe in the brilliance of the body, all of these things are happening beyond our conscious awareness. We're digesting food. We're receiving sensory information. We're processing that information. Our brain is firing. Our eyes are receiving. Everything's happening without us Even asking it to happen. Even conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And trusting that system and leaning into it and surrounding ourselves with people who also trust our systems, either in recovery from whatever we're experiencing or when supporting us and how we just want to be on a daily, in a, on a daily basis. It's so powerful. I think that advice from, from Dr. Pritchard is amazing. I'm going to have to bring her on the podcast. Talk yes, about you, sleep. Will. you will. Oh my word. Do that. So thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing this wisdom of how you really embodied your nervous system through the act of recovery. And this is one of the reasons I trust you so much as a healer, because Mm -hmm. you've healed through your own life and through your own nervous system. You've embodied that understanding and gone through so much. So I really think it Mm -hmm. makes you very, very approachable to others' healing processes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So... I know that you have three kiddos and Mm -hmm. a family, and I'm sure we have a lot of parents who are listeners. I'm wondering in what way does your knowledge of the nervous system show up as a parent or as a member of a family? Mm -hmm. How do you integrate that into into that role? Mm. Well, I listened to a podcast about how parenting is all about raising nervous systems and it totally changed my perspective. When you look at a child, they don't have a frontal lobe the same that we do. Like they don't have the capacity for like self-regulation. They need to be taught those things or trained in those things. And when you see it, when I started looking at it that way, I started getting less I just taking it less personal when people or my kids wouldn't listen to me or they wouldn't do things, they'd be impulsive or they'd have meltdowns about stuff. There was a point in time when I would take it really personally. Like that was something I was doing wrong that was leading to this little person throwing this tantrum and I needed to figure out how to change it. When I started thinking about like, oh, Actually, it's not a personal, I mean, there's things I can do to influence what's going on for sure, but like, let's take a step back and realize this is a brain that doesn't know how to regulate. (laughs) So I just started seeing them as like undeveloped frontal lobes and that changed my perspective so much. Like I'm helping them learn self-regulation, impulse control. I'm helping them learn how to navigate big emotions that the first few times you feel them or they feel them in a new way does feel really strong. We can tend to forget that as adults because we've been habituated to these things. And when I started thinking about it in that way of like, Oh, this is just a nervous system that is dysregulated or needing support or developing. I started seeing childhood and parenting. So, so very differently. Yes. I love that because, you know, the frontal lobe is this place of discernment and regulation. And 
I don't have any kids, but in life, like if I'm being reactive towards my partner or a family member, I really lean on my frontal lobe to turn on and help me create conscious awareness. And it sounds like by holding that space for your kids, you're also using your frontal lobe, like you're embodying it in the moment. In the good moments, right? That resonates. My frontal lobe doesn't, (laughs) but in the moment, right? right, Yeah. Good job, or feeling like I'm doing a good job, consciously parenting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why the work that we do here at Science and Magic is so profoundly helpful. Whether it's at work or doing projects or parenting, the more I can be embodied and grounded, the more I can help influence others around me to be able to have space to be embodied or experience whatever they're experiencing. Yes. The more regulated our systems are, the better we are in society and our work and our families and our relationships. That's so beautiful. But my kids are melting down. If I'm upset, my frontal lobe isn't on. I start melting down too, just in my adult way. I get frustrated. I get irritable. I get short and impatient. But if my frontal lobe is on and I take a deep breath, I can see the humor in a situation or I can think of a different creative resolution or I can stay calm and be like, yep, this is happening. Like, And that can be an anchor to those dysregulated nervous systems that just don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, they're looking yeah. to find guidance and I have conscious ability to step into that. Mm. I can make all the difference. Yes. One of my areas of expertise is working with high achievers and Mm -hmm. people who have this high achieving, high performing energy, which is a lot of the world at this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, one of the ways that I work with this demographic is by helping them form a connection to their body amidst the chaos. So by having Mm -hmm. accountability of what does it look like to have a connection with your body? What are the signals coming from your body? What's education around the nervous system? And I'm wondering within your life as holding your career, holding, you know, your role as a spouse, as a mother, what ways do you connect to your body, mm-hmm. however big or small they might be, to help soothe your nervous system and find ease? Mm. Yoga has been that for me mm-hmm. in a huge way. I get up every morning and my self-care is filling my cup first, I'm doing five yes. sun salutations. <laughs> and sometimes it's a really big accomplishment for me and I don't want to do it. And sometimes it's easy. It's second nature. I just do it. Every time mm-hmm. I actually do it, I'm grateful because I've taken time to like feel and get grounded and like, stretch out the kinks that were there from the night before and start fresh. Mm -hmm. I connect with my breath. I do like an Ashtanga breathing practice or maybe just vinyasa. It feels really grounding. And it's a great way to like fill my cup first before I go out and accomplish and try to fill up the rest of the world. Right. That was huge. Mm -hmm. I had worked with a life coach who helped me learn to do that. Like fill my cup first. And then go and spread the love, you know? 
Yeah. So that's like something I do. And I notice if I don't do it, like it adds up. And then just finding times to be present, like eating food I feel good about eating and enjoying that Mm -hmm. process is important. Mm -hmm. And spending time outside, like going for a walk Mm -hmm. around the block if I'm feeling crunched or even spending intentional time in nature, going camping, playing games, just being outdoors helps me feel like I can get out of this. Mm. manufactured world which I think is so much a part of our existence but at the end of the day like we're a species of biology and we need to be in touch with that rhythm Mm -hmm. I love those examples because there's a range you know doing five sun salutations and if um, if any listeners don't know what those are, it's a series of movements based off of a yoga practice, and it takes about a minute to two minutes. So it's very can be very short, but the ritual of doing that sounds like it really grounds you. And then it could mm-hmm. be as big as going camping on a weekend, which takes more time. Mm-hmm. So I love this the span of activities that that you do and you're following what feels good to you. Like we have to eat right at some (laughs) point. And so finding foods that feel good is a way that you take care of your body yet. You're not taking like your, it doesn't take a ton of this, you know, extra time that we view as time is very precious. That's a whole nother conversation about how to expand (laughs) time. But I love these examples that they feel accessible. And Mm -hmm. I think our, our listeners, with this high achieving energy often have really packed lives and finding ways to feel connected to our bodies in an accessible and bite-sized way can be really profound. What are like, what, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you talk about high achievers and I I consider myself one of them, a high achiever. Mm. And I think we can get so caught up in the achieving that we forget to be present And we have these things go by or these things happen that we forget to appreciate or take time for. Having a daily ritual has helped me experience my life differently. Like I have my sun salutation practice. I have done it at the ocean, on the East Coast, on the West Coast. I've done it in my kitchen. I've done it in my parlor, in my bedroom. I've done it camping. I've I've just like done it all these strange places and all these really mundane places and exciting places, but I've done that one thing as a thread. And that has helped me have a sense of familiarity through time and to really bring my presence to my environment wherever I am. Cause I'm conditioned myself to wake up and do that as a way of bringing myself into the environment or the experience of my day, whatever that day has on it. Mm -hmm. If it's spending time at the ocean or going to conferences, or if it's just being at home with my kids or going to clinic to work, I have that to ground me. That makes me reflect on like rituals and how the nervous system thrives when things are familiar And you have this familiar activity that you do every morning, no matter what environment that you're in, and that that can be a really powerful way 
to soothe the body on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be an hour yoga practice. It can be really easeful. So I hope, you know, if you're listening that you can sense that, that, that might resonate with you. So let's say that listeners want to get in touch with you in some way or work with you even. What would that look like? Where are you these days, either on the internet or in person? Maybe share some some more about how, how people can reach you. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Um, I would love to connect with people. I am available via email. You can provide my email, Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A at healingresponseneuro, N-E-U-R-O.com. I am, or you can connect with me on the Science of Magic portal. I have a um, Instagram account I'm semi trying to be more active on called Brain Body Dao, D-A-O. Or you can... Um, find me at my clinic. I work in Stillwater, Minnesota at a practice called Healing Response. And I also work right now at Health Partners Neuroscience Center, but that's a, a kind of more roundabout way to get a hold of me. So my probably my best place is email or at my clinic or at Brain Body Dell. Wonderful. And Sophia gives incredible acupuncture treatments. I have seen her for years now and her work has helped my anxiety levels in really powerful Mm. ways. So I highly recommend her if you are in the area of Minnesota and can drive to Stillwater. Um, And then also she offers amazing classes on the science and magic portal, both super geeky neuroscience classes about the nervous system and wisdom every month about how to live in best practice with the seasons based off of traditional Chinese medicine. Thank you so much for all of our listeners for tuning in. And thank you to Sophia for sharing your journey, for sharing your wisdom, and for being here for this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. This was a privilege and let's do it again. This was really fun. Yes. The first of many, I'm sure. I hope so. Ah, what a good conversation. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you were able to receive some good nuggets and inspiration about how to listen to and trust the wisdom of your body. If you want to learn more from Sophia, definitely check out the Science and Magic Portal. She offers monthly classes that share practical ways to engage with the energy of each season from the wisdom of traditional Chinese medicine. She also shares various classes on neuroscience topics, including vagal nerve tone, prefrontal cortex and consciousness, and neuroplasticity, and more. You can become a member by heading to my website and clicking the membership tab. The link will be below in the show notes. It is such an amazing digital space. I truly hope that... If you're intrigued, you just take a couple of minutes to sign up and check it out. 
As always, if you liked what you heard, please take a couple of minutes and leave a rating and a review. We are a brand new podcast and having you take the time to do this will help boost our visibility in the world of algorithms. And don't forget to subscribe if you are curious about what's to come. I've got so many incredible guests around the corner that you definitely don't want to miss. In kindness, love, and warmth. Until next time.